I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and with me here is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello there. How are we? All right, it's just odd just being two of us, isn't it, and Danielle not being here? Not being here at all. The dog's asleep. The atmosphere has changed. Outside it's hot. Like, uh, it's, what do they call it, a, a pathetic fallacy when the weather is uh, is mirroring our mood. Oh. So we're feeling sort of... Oh, so that's when in the start of books when you describe the setting the scene, actually yeah. describing the scene for the book. Or the, the most obvious thing is when somebody says something portentous and then there's a thunderclap. Yeah. Like, I shall get vengeance! What's the weather for diarrhoea? <laughs> I'm not sure. Is it sort of a monsoon? A tornado. Tornado, yeah. There's so tornado what, on the horizon. So what are we feeling by the fact it's sort of hot and clammy? I'm about to have a stroke. Danielle leaving has hit you hard. Yeah. And also, it's not just that. I've just had an incident. Um, it was very much like sliding doors. When I got a hat for my birthday, my Detroit Lions hat all the way from America, and yeah. I left it on the train, and I realised, and I went back to get it, and the doors closed. And at that exact moment, um, a Johnny Cash song you know the Nine Inch Nails cover that yeah hurt. yeah I hurt myself yeah today. the bars from that start <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean it was so it, what you're saying and now you're a bit sad and depressed and yeah. you'll go home tonight and discover that your your boyfriend is having an affair whereas the well, al- that'll be it my girlfriend's <laughs> turned into a boy that'll be the biggest shock whereas in the alternate universe where you get your hat back you will be seduced by John Hanna uh, repeating Monty Python's sketches yeah. to you well, what would have happened was I would have got on the train, the doors would have closed, and I would have been late to do this podcast. So something else might have happened on the way here. Meet John Hanna. And I would have been really happy. And the weather, But the weather might have changed. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and with me here is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello there. How are we? All right, it's just odd just being two of us, isn't it, and Danielle not being here? Not been here at all. The dog's asleep. The atmosphere has changed. Outside it's hot. Like, uh, it's, what do they call it, a, a pathetic fallacy when the weather is uh, is mirroring our mood. Oh. So we're feeling sort of... Oh, so that's when in the start of books when you describe the setting the scene, actually yeah. describing the scene for the book. Or the, the most obvious thing is when somebody says something portentous and then there's a thunderclap. Yeah. Like, I shall get vengeance! What's the weather for diarrhoea? <laughs> I'm not sure. Is it sort of a monsoon? A tornado. Tornado, yeah. There's so tornado what, on the horizon. So what are we feeling by the fact it's sort of hot and clammy? I'm about to have a stroke. Danielle leaving has hit you hard. Yeah. And also, it's not just that. I've just had an incident. Um, it was very much like sliding doors... When I got a hat for my birthday, my Detroit Lions hat all the way from America, and yeah. I left it on the train, and I realised, and I went back to get it, and the doors closed. And at that exact moment, um, a Johnny Cash song, you know, the Nine Inch Nails cover. That yeah, hurt. yeah, I hurt myself yeah. today. The bars from that start. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was, 
So you, what you're saying, and now you're a bit sad and depressed, and yeah. you'll go home tonight and discover that your your boyfriend is having an affair. Whereas the well, that'll be it. My girlfriend's <laughs> turned into a boy. That'll be the biggest shock. Whereas in the alternate universe, where you get your hat back, you will be seduced by John Hannah uh, repeating Monty Python sketches yeah. to you. Well, what would have happened was I would have got on the train, the doors were closed, and I would have been late to do this podcast. So something else might have happened on the way here. Meet John Hannah. And I would have been really happy. And the weather, but the weather might have changed. So we know. Well, the thing is, how would we be able to follow both um, storylines? Because, obviously, Gwyneth Paltrow has a hair change. Well, because I've got the hat. a hat. I was going to say, because you, you dyeing your hair, I, I don't think I'd notice. No, I, I, I've just got the hat on. Okay. It's that simple. I like it. What's it called? It's called... Um, uh, I can't really think of... Just, I need Sliding Marricks. Yeah, it's... Um, d- d- train hat. Train it's, hat, no hat. With a, yeah. with a slash, like in face-off. I think train hats are really... Because everyone would think, well, that's the most awful. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Not even a child. I mean, I've actually come up with that, and I did pause to think of that, and the best thing I could think of was train hat. That's basically putting the two incidents, two, the two main factors <laughs> together. That's the power of my imagination. Wow. If you could think of a better title for train hat, the movie, Sliding Doors is a better title. I wonder what that was called before. Uh, yeah, they probably went through quite a lot. Yeah. It was probably called uh, Blonde Brown. Gone brown. Oh, oh, just missed it. Oops. Oops. Oh, oh. The little girl with the dolly, it would be called, because she's the one who gets in the way. Oh, really? She? Yeah, there's the... a girl playing with a Barbie on the banister. Oh, that'd be great if there's a girl playing with a Barbie on the train that made me lose my hat. Oh, oh. My, uh... someone's received a text, Mr. Popular. Yes, uh, there's a text. Um, I don't know. It's, it's probably about my hat um, being found. Um, Do you sew name labels into your hats? No. If you see a Detroit Black Detroit Lions hat on the Victoria Line, um, especially listeners abroad, <laughs> uh, please retrieve it and give it back to me. Because I need it, because I'm bald. Well, but it's very sunny at the moment. Anyway, it's not about... It is, not, I did tie into sliding doors, though. You did quite, quite well. Um, we have watched a movie this week. Yeah, it was an odd film. Odd film. 1971 sci-fi film based upon Michael Crichton's book of the same name. Uh, Michael Crichton, more famously the author of Jurassic Park, amongst other things. Um, And it's about uh, basically an alien organism of some kind being found on Earth and then scientists trying to ascertain whether it's a threat and Mm. what what it is. It's odd because it's almost as if... Well, even the actors themselves are like scientists. Mm. If they made that now, what, 42 years later, they would be... You wouldn't get actors quite really, really straight, almost quite wooden, a couple of them, in their performances. It's it's like a, a... Sort of actual science film. That's that's exactly what I felt. It's like you watching your if, uh, if you watch your A levels, whatever your high. It's like a high school science film about what went wrong when when a disease might hit uh, the um, anywhere and what and the procedures that take place afterwards. So <laughs> it's yeah, it's so it's incredibly slow, sort of at the pace of what scientific research of an alien microbe would be. And but and yet they want it to be a thriller in some ways. So it's it sort of has the the tense build up of a thriller in the first twenty minutes, and then the uh, the high action ending in the last twenty minutes. Mm. But in between is is sort of academia. It's a very odd film. I've I've heard it's very influential, and I can see it's of its time. Nineteen seventy one. We're talking sci fi before. Um, Star Wars, which obviously changed sort of the genre of American cinema yeah. hugely. Um, it's as if they have to explain the science of it because people haven't got... Because sci-fi is not that big a genre, maybe. They have to explain each point in graphic detail. Uh, basically, the scientists are based in this sort of substation beneath that's got five levels. Yes. And in order to explain how they... And each level helps decontaminate them... Uh, it's almost as if you're going on a building tour of a factory. <laughs> that is a narrative yeah. itself, isn't it? 
Yeah. And on level five, we do this, and uh, yes. but the actual. But it's not, you. It felt to me that point. It felt overly expositional, like they were setting up the the pieces for their thriller, and they sort of weren't. You know, none of that, none of the decontamination stuff came back into it, or the fact they'd have to put a suppository up their assholes. Yeah. <laughs> like, none of it came They should have back. extended that scene. They should have done. But the, um, so from the first 20 minutes, I thought this was going to be brilliant. You know, when, you're, when it felt like a really old-fashioned, a bit similar to War of the Worlds start, I mean, it was around the same time. Yeah, I mean it's it's a big era for sci-fi, sort of slowly bubbling up as as being really quite exciting. Um, I mean, two thousand and one came out in nineteen sixty eight, so but, it's already done the slow sci-fi film, but incredibly artistically. And and two thousand one is incredible because that film makes oh it stands it, alone really. It's odd when you're making a sci-fi film. Imagine the people going, "Yeah, we're working on Andromeda Strain. We're working on it for three years, and two thousand one comes out." That was actually much worse. It's almost like we've gone back into the dark ages of filmmaking. I tell you what, we what I actually felt because um, uh, I saw this shortly after seeing Field in England that we talked about last week. Yeah, and. Seeing the two in contrast with one another made me realise how Andromeda Strain, although of its time, there's almost no artfulness in the direction. It's literally they're just covering the action. It's really, it's really kind of, it's like a TV movie. But I, almost. I liked whether it's the grain of the film and the way it looked and the seventies look like the the actual place where the, it's based in this scientific research centre. It's almost as if what would be now. Like a really cool retro London nightclub. Yeah, with yeah. Different <laughs> levels. Yeah. I think it won an award the for artistic design. Club. Yeah. And it's something really cool about it. I've got to say at the start, there's a great device that, that's used in other films. Well, first of all, if you just watch one minute of this film, watch the very opening bit of the film where there is, I don't know if you noticed, a sort of slightly thin dead ringer for Wayne Rooney. Yes, I did notice him. <laughs> he was over the right shoulder yeah. of one of the guys. I he, went, is that Wayne Rooney? He is, that must be Wayne Rooney's dad, yeah, for sure. His real dad. Yeah. I don't know what happened. If he came, if that bit was filmed up in <laughs> Liverpool sort of area. I can't area. believe you noticed thin Wayne Rooney as well. <laughs> Slightly thin. And you expect him to sort of go, um, oh, there's space satellites here. <laughs> The no lines. Yeah, he actually he has got lines. Has he? I do. Yeah, I think he, and they use another device. Where, uh, is it a bit of spoilers here, but it's something right at the start of the film. And it's the same thing that's in Aliens and in Alien, where you don't actually see where people are going into the town to discover where this alien organism's landed. And there's a great drama suspense, not by showing the actual action, but showing people listening to the action. Yes. So, like the bit when Dallas goes is followed into, yeah, the, yeah, into yeah. the pipes in Alien and you just see them a lot of it's just mm. it's more tense you're well, watching it's it. interesting you say Alien because I thought Alien has, has taken this film and borrowed so much of it actually and turned it into a really good film yeah by having a, a director who's got a real visual flair and also a flair for the dramatic. This film, it is slow. It felt longer than it was. It, you know, it's, it's still only two, two hours. hours but that's still quite unusual for a film in the 70s, yeah. isn't it? Well, Early but, 70s. But I thought there was... So, there's, <laughs> unlike Alien, which you could take any shot and go, oh, that's great. You know, this film had it sort of like it's three bits that mm. they've thought of, and then the rest is sort of like, just cover it. Like, they had um, the really quite creepy sinister split screen bit when they're exploring the town which was brilliant brilliant brilliant. but the rest of the film didn't live up to that level of sort of art there was the the um, the red writing reflected on her glasses bit that has been lifted directly for Alien of the reflection in the helmet that Alien starts with you know it's that sort of playing around with it And, and it's but uh, between those sections, like there's nothing. Apparently, you mentioned the set actually, and apparently the set was incredibly expensive for the time, like okay. incredibly elaborate, and it was reused by Universal where it was made on, um, like Airwolf and uh, the Six Million Dollar Man and all sorts of TV set. shows. And I think they have to explain the science of it. For then, uh, I, I don't know what it was, what it was like forty two years ago. Basically, it's a film. If you like science. 
and you don't like suspense. If you ever thought, <laughs> I would like to watch a film about science fiction, but I don't want any of the drama yeah. or any anything exciting to happen. I want to focus on the science. Yes. If this you want your mind you. blown by the fact that an entity could be made of crystals instead of cells. And it just expands slightly. It's incredible how it, it's almost like it's climbing, it sets itself up like you're climbing a mountain. Yes. And you get to the top and you think, oh, actually, it's just a Tesco's here. <laughs> and loads of people, I could have got up this, the lift uh, the other side. Yeah. That's my nice allegory for it. Well, from a thing that could destroy the human race, it turns out that it would have pretty much died if it had gone anywhere. Yeah, and it, it's about microbes. Yeah. It's... If, I'm sure the book is sort of interesting for that's scientists. What, that's but... what made me think, oh, this book must be absolutely rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> he apparently thought of the idea, because um, I think he's a, I think he's a doctor, Michael Crichton. I think he studied medicine at some point anyway. But he got the idea after a lecture about, from uh, one of his lecturers, about how uh, a life form could be crystalline. Wow. So that was... So he followed that through to its conclusion. I'm crossing Michael Crichton off my dinner party list. Oh, no. If Poor Michael Crichton. The title is brilliant. Because yes. the Andom- Andromeda strain sounds like... It's a really, what, would you, what would your Andromeda strain It's like strain the Omega about? device or yeah. proper sci-fi names. A man who has... I want him to say it like this. The Andromeda strain! <laughs> there was one of the guys in it as well, because most of the actors I'd never seen before. In what film? In The Andromeda um, one of the guys at the beginning the, who works for the government not who, Wayne Rooney who went to get not Wayne Rooney the guy who went round the houses to get them I d- I'm pretty sure and I've not done my research I've not looked him up I could do it now but can't really be bothered he is I'm pretty sure he was the guy from Airplane who's the air traffic controller Oh. So there was sort of that era of sort of Leslie Nielsen sort of actors who, before they started doing comedy, were doing films like this. Maybe he's only ever in films beginning with A. Maybe. And that's why we don't know his name. There must be an, an actor who's only been in at least five films, but only with the same letter. <sighs> or in different... Or alphabetical things. Being, been, is there anyone who's been in a film with every single letter? Uh, probably Christopher Lee. He's been in over 400 films. But he wasn't in the... The Andromeda Strain! I just can't get this one out. Have you tried... The Andromeda Strain! It's about a guy who gets constipation in space. I think it's constipation, but it's actually an organism growing inside of him. And he thinks, I just need to strain hard enough and then it'll come out. But the twist is, it's crystalline, so it won't. He strains too hard and it blows a hole in the spaceship. (laughs) Greenlit, greenlit, right there. Thanks. Um, I don't want to be too down. I did find it sort of. I, it was intriguing, at least. I, it was just the wrong side of boring. I thought it would like it was slow, but had very little art to it. So there wasn't even beauty to appreciate along the way. It was just sort of dull conversations. It was really dull, and some of the actors try and make an effort. Like one of the scientists tries to get pissed off the whole time about yeah. about silly things, about like microbes. And mm. I like the woman in it actually. Yeah, she was good. She apparently originally and in the novel that part was male, and they they made it um, a woman. And apparently, uh, the I think it was the director didn't like that idea, okay. and then because he thought it'd just be eye candy. That's how he'd pictured her. When they'd said, "What about a woman?" He'd just imagined, you know. I don't know Bridget Bardot or something. Yeah, and uh, but no, she was the most interesting character in it. I thought by a long way. The others were sort of just generic men. They remade this. I saw into a series. Yes, I've which not came seen out a couple it. of years ago. Oh, was it only a couple of years ago? So it'd be fascinating to see they made what, how they got drama into it. Well, the, you'd see, we've moved on so far in terms of visual sci-fi since this with Star Wars, with Alien, with you know. Um, where Alien does the, what if it wasn't a micro? What if it was a monster? How about that? Isn't that mm. more inst- interesting instantly? If in um, doubt, make the monster big. Yeah, yeah. Um, or or have the monster so small it turns people into monsters, like zombie films. This was slightly bigger than a virus, wasn't it? Yeah. All this really seemed to do was kill monkeys. 
Poor old monkeys. Poor old monkeys. I found the bit with the fighter pilot turning to dust really creepy. That was quite odd. Horrible. Just, I can work out what he said. I thought, I thought that is that a really rubbish mask he's got on? No, he's just... Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to talk about this film. Why did you pick it? Because you picked it. Because it sounded... Because the name... sounded really good. And I thought it was going to be one of those 70s... In that, It had good reviews. It's quite well respected. Yeah. And I fancied watching one of those sort of sci-fi, you know... Uh, like parallax view type yeah, films yeah. that I really enjoy, but it wasn't up in that league. I think this is from just before the t- where the turning point of sci-fi, where it became sort of exciting and interesting. Like two thousand and one is ahead of its time, mm. and then we start, and the seventies really defines it. But this is just a bit too early, in it's my like opinion. Buying a bottle of wine, and you just got the year. One year wrong, and it was a dud year. It was a dud year, because the characters uh, were having a terrible time, so the weather was bad. Poor end drum. <laughs> um, um, how many Davies do you give it? Oh, that's tough. I, you don't have I to give think it a, it's a I think it's... You know what, I did enjoy it, it was just too long. It, it, there's probably an 80-minute film in there. I think I give it five Davids. I give it four Mariks. There you go, and do better next time. Must do better. Yeah, so don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> if you do want to watch it, if we've intrigued you enough, then we've tracked it down on Netflix. I'm sure you can find it in other places. Um, they won't be doing a lot of DVD sales. Um, right. That's so the Andromeda should... Strain. Hey, guess what? There's a new website that you've done. <laughs> what? What's this, Merrick? Well, you made it, David. Oh, yeah, we have got a brand new website for you folks. Well, it's about a week old. It's a week old, but we haven't told anyone about it. Yeah, we did. We last episode we told people. Oh, yeah. Was I here last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, wasn't I? Um, yes, we do. We will remind you of our website, filmfandango.co.uk, where you can find our... There's not much on it. Where you can find our latest episodes... Um, or you can donate towards the running of this podcast, which we do entirely for free. And in fact, we all of the costs come out of our own pocket. So if you could help towards that for all this beautiful free content we give you, none then, of them, uh, that none would be lovely. None of the money you give us goes to charity, but I will think about... It makes me behave better towards people. Well, you just feel more positive towards the world, and so you're more likely to give to charity eventually, aren't you? Yeah, if you donate to me, then I will... At- kinder to my fellow human beings Marek was deeply moved by the film Pay It Forward yeah um, that's so, what this is yeah so if you want to give if you've enjoyed the podcast why not donate we're really, really grateful um, also if you want to contact us then you can email us dearfilmfandango at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash filmfandango or tweet us at filmfandango and some of you have already um, have you got a letter or communication well, there, Maddox? Um, we've got our first one-minute review. Ooh. I think there's a letter here from a long-time listener. It, here it is. Um, it's from uh, the beautiful Francesca Scalici. Um, from, I think she's... Uh, we always American. Try, yeah, but she doesn't live there. She lives somewhere else down... I can't remember. Hello, friends. Uh, even though Danielle is no longer on the show, I do want to make a recommendation for her. American Horror Story, surprisingly good for a TV show. What TV show? No! <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to talk about that, but we are going to listen to Francesca's review of Monsters University. And it's only 55 seconds long. So here it is. Now. This is Francesca Scalisi with a one-minute review of Monsters University. If you were wowed by the pinnacle of Pixar's creative powers in the world of Monsters, Inc., you will be happy to spend more time with the lovable Mike and Sully. This film introduces us to the pair as co-eds at the prestigious Monsters University, both vying to be a part of the scaring program. The film gleefully taps into the tropes of sports, college, and buddy movies, then adds the gentle comic touch and tender insight we've come to expect from Pixar. Viewers know where the characters will end up, but the plot still manages to surprise. And the lessons learned by Mike will be familiar to almost anyone this side of growing up and offer an unexpectedly nuanced version of a happy ending. Though not quite as emotionally resonant as its predecessor, Monsters University is about as much fun as you could hope to have at the movies this summer. 
I give it eight and a half Francescas, and be sure to arrive early enough to see the short before the feature. For the visuals alone, it's pretty near a ten. Thank you, Francesca, for your lovely review. Um, and may I say, uh, I'm pretty sure you didn't cheat, but it's quite possible that you are an automated voice. That's all. I'm just very, very precise voice. I think she's got a lovely voice. It makes me look very inarticulate. Very what, sorry? Sound inarticulate. <laughs> right. And I also look, <laughs> if it's possible, look inarticulate. It's a lip reader, as it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah thank you um, Francesca so if anyone else would like to send in their review of any film they've seen cinema or otherwise then send us your one minute reviews uh, to dearfilmfandango at gmail.com is there a good format to send it in on any format I'll deal with it don't worry about that oh you're good like that thanks is there any more letters yeah we got plenty of letters uh, this is from Chris Webb um, he's always he's always bloody Banging on, isn't he, Chris Webb? from Australia, though. He's, he lives in Australia. He lives in Australia. What else does he do apart from listening to this podcast? I don't know. Maybe, let's find out. Let's find out. So, I'm doing Australian, am I? Do it. Do right, it. dear film Fandango, a couple of fairly predictable films that I thought were better than the books. This is bringing back a theme from a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Fight Club and American Psycho. The ending of Fight Club, the movie, is a much more entertaining and satisfying conclusion than in the book, Spoilers, spoilers everyone, where the narrator meets up, it ends up in a mental institution still surrounded by members of Project Mayhem. As, as for American Psycho, I loathe the book. I didn't see any witty satire on the page, just loads of grubby, sickening, gratuitous violence, occasionally broken up by not particularly clever references to the 80s. The movie, on the other hand, was loads of fun. Danielle, this is a message for you. I too am a fan of Lair of the White Worm, but this may be because I once met Ken Russell while taking minutes for a film studies exam board at Southampton Institute. Ken was one of the examiners and was as flamboyant as you'd expect. Also, his face was redder in real life than on the telly. Blimey. So I'm sure I bumped into Chris Webb because I went to um, Southampton University. You must have done. I mean, which is which? I mean, I'm not trying to poke fun at Chris, but is actually a better educational establishment than the institute. <laughs> <laughs> and as part of my English degree, I studied film studies under Dr. Linda Williams, who is Mark Commode's missus. Really? Yeah. So she probably has a lot of film knowledge yeah, from, from their bedtime talk. And she just tried to. One of the um, her lectures was just making us watch soft porn. Really. And trying to write about it, and I thought, was well, there nothing? Are you sure it was soft pornography? It definitely was. She talked about the. Uh, it was all about the eye and what it means and the image of the woman. And I thought, basically, it's just soft porn, Linda. Oh dear. Yeah, I'm not saying she's a pervert. I'm just saying she might be a bit pervy. What did she? <laughs> if she didn't make you watch hardcore pornography and then not even talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what. They just leave. That's what all my that's what my Anglo-Saxon uh, lecturer did. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I couldn't see the relevance to being quite. My, uh, my criminology course was on that as well. Pretty really? Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, anyway, <laughs> talking about criminology, you talk about he talks about American Psycho. Mm. Have you read the book? I haven't read the book. I've seen the film. I very much enjoyed the film, but um, actually, that's uh, Chris Webb's opinion isn't one I've heard before because all, all I've heard is people love the book and, ju- and I... think the movie isn't as good. I am completely on the side of Chris Webb. I really? read about a hundred page American Psycho. I think it's one that it's an awful book. He just lists materialistic things. Mm. It's almost like reading, uh, uh, looking at a website now. He just lists all expensive eighties uh, items to make him materialistic. Then wrote, then does the sickest things possible. It's a bit like we used to sort of st- stuff you write as a teenager when you're trying to impress each other by saying the most horrible things. You've thought of a structure. And yeah. you just see it through to the end. You just go, okay, I, I get the juxtaposition you're doing here. I thought, was, I thought it was terrible writing, and I thought it, it was offensive as well. Okay. Well, I think the the movie definitely has things to say, though, and is really well done. I, I, th- I think that a lot of that goes down to Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all, very funny as well in parts of the movie. I, I can't I watched it when I was drunk. <laughs> their discussions of their business cards is excellent. I think that really comes... Maybe my imagination's um, not good enough to make the book good. It's, it's being made into a musical, isn't it? American Psycho. You're joking. No, I read that somewhere. Who's going to p- play the main part? Darren Day. <laughs> I thought it was Christ- uh, Christopher Biggins, isn't it? Well, yeah, definitely. 
Oh, Christopher Biggins. <laughs> I went shed, Christopher when we were Biggins. doing, when I was in a sketch show called We Are Claim, we did this thing called, a terrible programme, it's probably really boring for listeners, called The Wall. Right. And, we, and he was a guest on it. And there wasn't any, and there was some girls getting changed, and we were changed in the same area as Christopher Biggins. <laughs> and Greg, who's one of my um, people, Greg, who was in the sketch show with me, told Christopher Biggins that I fancied him <laughs> <laughs> without telling me. And he was being really perfy towards me and kept on winking. I thought, what's going on, Biggie? Hang on, hang on. Kept on winking. You wink once. Winking is diminishing returns. But making slightly loose suggestions while I was having grandma. And I was dressed. We were doing a scene when I was dressed as Tiny Tim as well. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Biggins' dream come true. Biggins in a Rocky Horror Picture Show, of course. Yeah. Um, wow. Here's another uh, tweet that uh, Kerry Nichols has uh, tweeted in regarding films that are better than uh, the book. Do Android's dream of electric sheep is good, but Blade Runner is great. Have you read that, Do Android's dream? I've you know, I it. feel so guilty that I haven't because the, I must have seen 50, 60 films based on that uh, book of short mm. stories. Um, I really need to get around to it, but no, I haven't. But, I mean, yeah, Blade Runner. It, there's so much more in there than in a short story, surely. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know. I've not read The Running Man, but the film was... The Running Man is nothing like the film. Really? It's it's um, an early um, Stephen King when he was still writing under Richard Barkman. Mm. And this, it's it's a great premise and would make a good film. I like the film of The Running Man, but it's basically nothing to do with it. The idea is that it's a reality TV show but out in the real world so they're not in an arena and they're not fighting guys you know dynamo and all of this stuff um they basically you have to survive for like 30 days or something and uh, to win the big cash prize but any member of the public who uh, cites you and reports it into the show and rings in can get a prize as well so the world is against you but the the great conspiracy is that whilst you are out on the run running for your life and are completely powerless they run a media campaign against you um, so that everyone thinks you're actually a murderer and a paedophile and all of these things so that even if you won your life would be over so you could never show yourself in order to take the money anyway so it's a and so he he works this out as he goes through and then has no choice but to take down the corporation um like it's a it's a it's a good book. It's nothing like the Schwarzenegger film. He's great, um, <clears throat> Stephen King. There's a couple of other um, uh, messages on our Facebook wall as well. Facebook wall from Stuart Baxter. Stuart Baxter, who talks like this. No, I think he's, I think he's from Wales. I've, I do Wales all the time. I've got a very limited number of Welsh accents. Okay, he's got a lisp though. <laughs> Welsh with a lisp. <laughs> Doubt if you read this out on air, but worth a shot. I'm from South Wales, boyo, but not with a strong Welsh accent. Before you guys and girls warn about things that take you out of the movies, well, whenever I watch 30 Days of Night, (laughs) regularly, I get really creeped out, as it has got a great build-up. Then when the anarchy starts in Barrow, it's amazing. Then the head vampire shows up, and Danny Houston looks like Neil Tennant of Pet Shop Boys. Every appearance he makes gets bomb, 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 bad, up, pa. Start of Western Girls in my head. How's Western Girls go? Bomb, bomb, bomb. Like that. Western Girls. Are there any actors that take you guys out of a movie? Uh, well... Any actors that take us out of a movie. I've mentioned it before. I will mention it briefly again. Um, Hugo Weaving in V for Vendetta wears a mask for the entire film. Sounds exactly like Rowan Atkinson at the end of Hot Shots Part Deux. So for the whole movie, all I could see was Rowan Atkinson doing a sort of slightly slapstick performance. Ah, there's... Mine too. I think that's. I really agree with him. Spot on. When I watched... uh, Danny Houston, really... Incredible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, my one that takes me out of the field is because uh, if you're one of our listeners, uh, one of our many millions of listeners abroad in India, in uh, Brunei, um, <clears throat> you may not know about uh, an English programme called Blue Peter, and they followed uh, one of the presenters 
was a sort of half active bloke called Peter Duncan. Yeah. And he appears in Flash Gordon when he puts his hand into the tree. Oh, of Baron course thing, it's Peter Duncan. And they had him talking about it on the actual Blue Peter. <laughs> uh, so when he does that and then he gets killed in Flash in Flash Gordon, I always think of Blue him on Blue Peter. Yes. And there's another programme where Andy Peters, who was... Uh, uh, the broom kids. cupboard guy with yes. um, Ed the Duck. A British TV presenter. Um, He's in, got a line in Toy Story 2. Exactly. When they're on the plane, yeah. whenever they're throwing the stuff, he says one line, and I always think of Andy Peters being quite smug. When they're, uh, I can't remember what one it is. It's towards the end when they're on, on a plane somewhere, isn't it? Or, well, they're, they're being loaded into... They've been put in collector's boxes, and they, they, they're trying to rescue them, and the case gets loaded onto a plane and the door slammed and he goes I'll put them on the next one or something like that yeah um, yeah. I always I remember Andy Peters singing words to uh, the theme tune to Kevin's Cousins that didn't have any words to it someone had sent them in and he sang along with the entire theme tune and he's not a good singer that. might be uh, slow, slightly after your time yeah David's a lot younger than me thank you thank you very much how many years younger than me I don't know I'm 31 are you? Yeah. Six years. <laughs> what have I done with my life? <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> on that note... Um, well, uh, thank you for your letters. If you'd like to get in touch with us about any of the topics raised, or even raise your own, then do email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. We will be back next week with yet more films. So... Uh, if you've seen anything brilliant, do let us know. We'll catch it and share it with everybody else. But meanwhile, keep watching the films. We'll do, see you next week. Do one-minute reviews as well. One-minute reviews, please. Bye, everyone. Bye. Yeah. It was probably called uh, Blonde Brown. Blonde Brown. Oh, oh just missed it. Oops. Oops. Oh. oh. The little girl with the dolly, it would be called. Because she's the one who gets in the way. Oh, really? She? Yeah, there's the... a girl playing with a Barbie on the banister. Oh, that'd be great if there's a girl playing with a Barbie on the train that made me lose my hat. Oh, that's oh. my... Uh... Someone's received a text, Mr. Popular. Yes, uh, there's a text. Um, I don't know. It's, it's probably about my hat um, being found. Um, Do you sew name labels into your hats? No. If you see a Detroit Black Detroit Lions hat on the Victoria line, um, especially listeners abroad, <laughs> uh, please retrieve it and give it back to me. Because I need it. Because I'm bald. No. But it's very sunny at the moment. Anyway, it's not about... It is, I did tie into sliding doors, though. You did quite, quite well. Um, we have watched a movie this week. Yeah, it was an odd film. Odd film. 1971 sci-fi film based upon Michael Crichton's book of the same name. Uh, Michael Crichton, more famously the author of Jurassic Park, amongst other things. Um, and it's about uh, basically an alien organism of some kind being found on Earth and then scientists trying to ascertain whether it's a threat and mm. what, what it is. It's odd because it's almost as if... Well, even the actors themselves are like scientists. Mm. If they made that now, what, 42 years later, they would be... You wouldn't get actors quite really, really straight, almost quite wooden, a couple of them, in their performances. It's it's like a, a... Sort of actual science film. That's that's exactly what I felt. It's like you watching your if uh, if you watch your A levels, or whatever your high. It's like a high school science film about what went wrong when when a disease might hit uh, the um, anywhere and what and the procedures that take place afterwards. <laughs> it's yeah, it's so it's incredibly slow, sort of at the pace of what scientific research of an alien microbe would be. And but and yet they want it to be a thriller in some ways. So it's it sort of has the the tense build up of a thriller in the first twenty minutes, and then the uh, the high action ending in the last twenty minutes. Mm. But in between is is sort of academia. It's a very odd film. I've I've heard it's very influential, and I can see it's of its time. Nineteen seventy one. We're talking sci fi before. Um, Star Wars, which obviously obviously changed sort of the genre of American cinema yeah. hugely. Um, 
it's as if they have to explain the science of it because people haven't got because sci-fi is not that big a genre maybe they have to explain each point in graphic detail uh, basically the scientists are based in this sort of substation beneath that's got five levels yes and in order to explain how they and each level helps decontaminate them uh, it's almost as if you're going on a building tour of a factory <laughs> that is a narrative yeah. itself isn't it yeah. And on level five, we do this, and uh, yeah. but the actual, but it's all, you. F- it felt to me that point. It felt overly expositional, like they were setting up the the pieces for their thriller, and they sort of weren't. You know, none of that, none of the decontamination stuff came back into it, or the fact they'd have to put a suppository up their assholes. Yeah, <laughs> like none of it came. They should have back. extended that scene. They should have done. But the um, so from the first twenty minutes, I thought this was going to be brilliant. You know, when you're when it felt like a really old-fashioned, a bit similar to War of the World start. I mean, it was around the same time. time yeah. that, I mean, it's it's a big era for sci-fi, sort of slowly bubbling up as as being really quite exciting. Um, I mean, two thousand and one came out in nineteen sixty-eight, so but, it's already done the slow sci-fi film but incredibly artistically and and that 2001 is incredible because that film makes oh it stands it, alone really it's odd uh, when you're making a sci-fi film imagine the people going yeah we're working on Andromeda Strain we're working on it for three years and 2001 comes out which is actually much worse as long as we've gone back into the dark ages of filmmaking I tell what, you what we what I actually felt because um uh I saw this shortly after seeing Field in England that we talked about last week. Yeah. And seeing the two in contrast with one another made me realise how Andromeda Strain, although of its time, there's almost no artfulness in the direction. It's literally they're just covering the action. It's really it's really kind of... It's like a TV movie but I, almost. I liked whether it's the grain of the film and the way it looked and the 70s looked like the, the actual place where the, it's based in this... Scientific Research Centre. It's almost as if what would be now like a really cool retro London nightclub. Yeah, with yeah. Different <laughs> levels. Yeah. I think it won an award the for artistic design. Club. Yeah. And it's something really cool about it. I've got to say at the start, there's a great device that, that's used in other films. Well, first of all, if you just watch one minute of this film, watch the very opening bit of the film where there is, I don't know if you noticed, a sort of slightly thin dead ringer for Wayne Rooney. Yes, I did notice him. He was over the right shoulder of yeah. one of the guys. I he, was, is that Wayne Rooney? He is, that must be Wayne Rooney's dad, yeah, for sure. His real dad. Yeah. I don't know what happened. If he came, if that bit was filmed up in <laughs> Liverpool sort of area. I can't area. believe you noticed thin Wayne Rooney as well. Slightly thin. And you expect him to sort of go, Ian, oh, there's, there's space satellites here. <laughs> The no space lines. Satellite. Yeah, he's actually he's got lines. Has he? I do. Yeah, I think he, he used another device. Where, uh, a bit of spoilers here, but it's only right at the start of the film. And it's the same thing that's in Aliens and in Alien, where you don't actually see where people are going into the town to discover where this alien organism's landed. And there's a great drama suspense, not by showing the actual action, but showing people listening to the action. Yes. So, like the bit when Dallas goes, is followed into, yeah, the, yeah, into yeah. the pipes in Alien, and you just see them, a lot of it's just, mm. it's more tense, you're well, watching It's it. interesting you say Alien, because I thought Alien has, has taken this film and borrowed so much of it, actually, and turned it into a really good film. Yeah. By having... A, a director who's got a real visual flair and also a flair for the dramatic. This film, it is slow. It felt longer than it was. It, you know, it's, it's still only two, two hours. hours but that's still quite unusual for a film in the 70s, yeah. isn't it? Well, early it, but, 70s. But I thought there was... So, there's <laughs> Unlike Alien, which you could take any shot and go, oh, that's great. You know, this film had it sort of like it's three bits that mm. they've thought of and then the rest is sort of like, just cover it. Like, they had um, the really quite creepy sinister split screen bit when they're exploring the town which was brilliant 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 yeah. but the rest of the film didn't live up to that level of sort of art there was the the um the red writing reflected on her glasses bit that yeah. has been lifted directly for alien of the yeah. reflection in the helmet that alien starts with you know it's that sort of playing around with it and and it's but uh, between those sections, like there's nothing. Apparently, you mentioned the set actually, 
and apparently the set was incredibly expensive for the time, like incredibly okay. elaborate, and it was reused by Universal where it was made on um, like Airwolf and uh, the Six Million Dollar Man and all sorts of TV set. shows. And I think they have to explain the science of it. For then, uh, I, I don't know what it was, what it was like forty two years ago. Basically, it's a film. If you like science and you don't like suspense, if you ever thought, <laughs> I would like to watch a film about science fiction, but I don't want any of the drama yeah. or any anything exciting to happen. I want to focus on the science. Yes. If this you want your mind you. blown by the fact that an entity could be made of crystals instead of cells. And it just expands slightly. It's incredible how it, it's almost like it's climbing, it sets itself up like you're climbing a mountain. Yes. And you get to the top and you think, oh, actually, it's just a Tesco's here. <laughs> and loads of people, I could have got up this, the lift uh, the other side. Yeah. That's my nice allegory for it. Well, from a thing that could destroy the human race, it turns out that it would have pretty much died if it had gone anywhere. Yeah, and it, it's about microbes. Yeah. It's... If- I'm sure the book is sort of interesting for that's scientists. What, that's but... what made me think, oh, this book must be absolutely rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> he apparently thought of the idea, because um, I think he's a, I think he's a doctor, Michael Crichton. I think. He studied medicine at some point anyway. But he got the idea after a lecture about, from uh, one of his lecturers, about how uh, a life form could be crystalline. Wow. So that was... So he followed that through to its conclusion. I'm crossing Michael Crichton off my dinner party list. Oh, no. If Poor Michael Crichton. The title is brilliant. Because yes. the Andom- Andromeda strain sounds like... Mm-hmm. It's a, what, would you, what would your Andromeda strain It's like strain the Omega about? device or yeah. proper sci-fi names. A man who has... I want him to say it like this. The Andromeda strain! <laughs> <laughs> there was one of the guys in it as well, because most of the actors I'd never seen before. In what film? In The Andromeda um, one of the guys at the beginning the, who works for the government not who, Wayne Rooney who went to get not Wayne Rooney the guy who went round the houses to get them I d- I'm pretty sure and I've not done my research I've not looked him up I could do it now but can't really be bothered he is I'm pretty sure he was the guy from Airplane who's the air traffic controller so there was sort of that era of sort of Leslie Nielsen sort of actors who, before they started doing comedy, were doing films like this. Maybe he's only ever in films beginning with A. Maybe. And that's why we don't know his name. There must be an, an actor who's only been in at least five films, but only with the same letter. <sighs> or in different... Or alphabetical things. Being, been, is there anyone who's been in a film with every single letter? Uh, probably Christopher Lee. He's been in over 400 films. But he wasn't in the... The Andromeda Strain! I just can't get this one out. Have you tried... The Andromeda Strain! It's about a guy who gets constipation in space. I think it's constipation, but it's actually an organism growing inside of him. And he thinks, oh, I just need to strain hard enough and then it'll come out. But what the he twist does, is, it's crystalline, yeah. so it won't. He strains too hard and it blows a hole in the spaceship. <laughs> Greenlit, greenlit, right there. Thanks. Um, I don't want to be too down. I did find it sort of. I, it was intriguing, at least. I, it was just the wrong side of boring. I thought it was like it was slow, but had very little art to it. So there wasn't even beauty to appreciate along the way. It was just sort of dull conversations. It was really dull, and some of the actors try and make an effort. Like one of the scientists tries to get pissed off the whole time about yeah. about silly things, about, like microbes. And mm. stuff. I like the woman in it actually. Yeah, she was good. She apparently originally, and in the novel, that part was male, and they they made it um, a woman. And apparently, uh, the I think it was the director didn't like that idea, okay. and then because he thought you'd just be eye candy. That's how he'd pictured her. When they'd said, "What about a woman?" He'd just imagined, you know. I don't know, Bridget Bardot or something. Yeah. and uh, But no, she was the most interesting character in it, I thought. By a long way. The others were sort of just generic men. They remade this, I saw, into a series. Yes, I've Which not came seen out a couple it. of years ago. Oh, was it only a couple of years ago? So it'd be fascinating to see they made, what, how they got drama into it. Well, the, you'd, we've moved on so far in terms of visual sci-fi since this, with Star Wars, with Alien, with, you know... Um, 
where Alien does the, what if it wasn't a micro? What if it was a monster? How about that? Isn't that mm. more in- interesting instantly? If in um, doubt, make the monster big. Yeah, yeah. Um, or or have the monster so small it turns people into monsters, like zombie films. This was slightly bigger than a virus, wasn't it? Yeah. All this really seemed to do was kill monkeys. Poor old monkeys. Poor old monkeys. I found the bit with the fighter pilot turning to dust really creepy. That was quite odd. Cause Horrible. Just, I can work out what he said. I thought, I thought that is that a really rubbish mask he's got on? No, he's just... Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to talk about this film. Why boring. did you pick it? Because you picked it. Because it sounded... Because the name... The Indominus Prime! sounded really good. And I thought it was going to be one of those sort of 70s... In that it, it had good reviews. It's quite well respected. Yeah. And I fancied watching one of those sort of sci-fi, you know, uh, like Parallax View type yeah, films yeah. that I really enjoy, but it wasn't up in that league. I think this is from just before the t- where the turning point of sci-fi where it became sort of exciting and interesting. Like 2001 is ahead of its time, mm. and then we started, and the 70s really defines it, but this is just a bit too early, in but my opinion. buying a bottle of wine, and you just got the year, one year wrong, and it was a dud year. It was a dud year, because the characters uh, were having a terrible time, so the weather was bad. Poor Endrum. <laughs> um, um, How many Davies do you give it? Oh, that's tough. I... You don't have to I give think it a it's a, I think it's... You know what? I did enjoy it. It was just too long. It, it, there's probably an 80-minute film in there. I think I'd give it five, Davids. I'd give it four, Mariks. There you go. Andromeda Strain. Do better next time. Must do better. Yeah, so don't watch it. <laughs> if you do want to watch it, if we've intrigued you enough, then we've tracked it down on Netflix. I'm sure you can find it in other places. Um, they won't be doing a lot of DVD sales. Um, right. That's so the Andromeda strain. Hey, guess what? There's a new website that you've done. <laughs> what? What's this, Merrick? Well, you made it, David. Oh. Yeah, we have got a brand new website for you folks. Well, it's, it's about a week old. It's a week old, but we haven't told anyone about it. Yeah, we did. We last episode we told people. Oh, yeah. Was I here last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, wasn't I? Um, yes, we do. We will remind you of our website, filmfandango.co.uk, where you can find... Are, there's not much on it. Well, you can find our latest episodes, um, or you can donate towards the running of this podcast, which we do entirely for free. And in fact, we um, all of the costs come out of our own pocket. So if you could help towards that for all this beautiful free content we give you, uh, that would be lovely. None of the money you give us goes to charity, but I will think about it makes me behave better towards people well you just feel more positive towards the world and so you're more likely to give to charity eventually aren't you yeah if you donate to me then I will act kinder to my fellow human beings Marek was deeply moved by the film Pay It Forward yeah um, that's so, what this is yeah so if you want to give if you've enjoyed the podcast why not donate we're really, really grateful um, also if you want to contact us then you can email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com, or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash filmfandango, or tweet us at filmfandango. And some of you have already. Um, have you got a letter or communication well, there, Maddox? Um, we've got our first one minute review. Ooh. I think there's a letter here from a long time listener. It, here it is. Um, it's from uh, the beautiful Francesca Scalici. Um, from I think she's uh, we she's always American. Try, yeah, but she doesn't live there. She lives somewhere else down. I can't remember. Hello, friends. Uh, even though Danielle is no longer on the show, I do want to make a recommendation for her. American Horror Story, surprisingly good for a TV show. What TV show? No. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. But we are going to listen to Francesca's review of Monsters University. And it's only 55 seconds long. So here it is. Now. This is Francesca Scalisi with a one-minute review of Monsters University. If you are wowed by the pinnacle of Pixar's creative powers in the world of Monsters, Inc., you will be happy to spend more time with the lovable Mike and Sully. 
This film introduces us to the pair as co-eds at the prestigious Monsters University, both vying to be a part of the scaring program. The film gleefully taps into the tropes of sports, college, and buddy movies, then adds the gentle comic touch and tender insight we've come to expect from Pixar. Viewers know where the characters will end up, but the plot still manages to surprise, and the lessons learned by Mike will be familiar to almost anyone this side of growing up and offer an unexpectedly nuanced version of a happy ending. Though not quite as emotionally resonant as its predecessor, Monsters University is about as much fun as you could hope to have at the movies this summer. I give it eight and a half Francescas, and be sure to arrive early enough to see the short before the feature. For the visuals alone, it's pretty near a ten. Thank you, Francesca, for your lovely review. Um, and may I say, uh, I'm pretty sure you didn't cheat, but it's quite possible that you are an automated voice. That's all. I'm just very, very precise voice. I think she's got a lovely voice. It makes me look very inarticulate. Very what? Sorry. Sound inarticulate. <laughs> right. And I also look <laughs> if it's possible to look inarticulate. It's a lip read, as it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah thank you um, Francesca so if anyone else would like to send in their review of any film they've seen cinema or otherwise then send us your one minute reviews uh, to dearfilmfandango at gmail.com is there a good format to send it in on any format I'll deal with it don't worry about that oh you're good like that thanks is there any more letters yeah we got plenty of letters Uh, this is from Chris Webb Um, he's always he's always bloody Banging on, isn't he, Chris He's Webb? Not from Australia, though. He's, he lives in Australia. He lives in Australia. What else does he do apart from listening to this podcast? I don't know. Maybe. Let's find out. Let's find out. So, I'm doing Australian, am I? Do it. Do right, it. dear film Fandango, a couple of fairly predictable films that I thought were better than the books. This is bringing back a theme from a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Fight Club and American Psycho. The ending of Fight Club, the movie, is a much more entertaining and satisfying conclusion than in the book, Spoilers, spoilers everyone, where the narrator meets up, it ends up in a mental institution still surrounded by members of Project Mayhem. As, as for American Psycho, I loathe the book. I didn't see any witty satire on the page. Just loads of grubby, sickening, gratuitous violence, occasionally broken up by not particularly clever references to the 80s. The movie, on the other hand, was loads of fun. Danielle, this is a message for you. I too am a fan of Lair of the White Worm, but this may be because I once met Ken Russell while taking minutes for a film studies exam board at Southampton Institute. Ken was one of the examiners and was as flamboyant as you'd expect. Also, his face was redder in real life than on the telly. Blimey. So I'm sure I bumped into Chris Webb because I went to um, Southampton University. You must have done. I mean, which is which? I mean, I'm not trying to poke fun at Chris, but he's actually a better educational establishment than the institute. <laughs> <laughs> and as part of my English degree, I studied film studies under Dr. Linda Williams, who is Mark Commode's missus. Really? Yeah. So she probably has a lot of film knowledge from, yeah, from their does. bedtime talk. And she just tried to. One of the um, uh, her lectures was just making us watch soft porn. Really. And trying to write about it, and I thought, was well, just nothing. Are you sure it was soft pornography? It definitely was. She talked about the. Uh, it was all about the eye and what it means and the image of the woman. And I thought, basically, it's just soft porn, Linda. Oh dear. Yeah, I'm not saying she's a pervert. I'm just saying she might be a bit pervy. Well, at she, at she didn't make you watch hardcore pornography and then not even talk about it. Yeah, I mean that's what. <laughs> they just leave. That's what all my. That's what my Anglo-Saxon uh, lecturer did. Yeah, when yeah. I couldn't see the relevance to being quite my, uh, my criminology course was on that as well, pretty really? much. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, anyway, <laughs> talking about criminology, he talks about, Amer- about American Psycho. Mm. Have you read the book? I haven't read the book. I've seen the film. I very much enjoyed the film. But um, actually, that's uh, Chris Webb's opinion isn't one I've heard before, because all, all I've heard is people love the book and, ju- and I- think the movie isn't as good. I am completely on the side of Chris Webb. I really? read about a hundred page American Psycho. I think it's one that it's an awful book. He just lists materialistic things. Mm. It's almost like reading, a, a, looking at a website now. He just lists all expensive eighties uh, items to make him materialistic. Then wrote, then does the sickest things possible. It's a bit like we used to sort of st- stuff you write as a teenager when you're trying to impress each other by saying you, those horrible things. You've thought of a structure. And yeah. you just see it through to the end. You just go, okay, I, I get the juxtaposition you're doing here. I thought, it was, I thought it was terrible writing, and I thought it, it was offensive as well. Okay. Well, I think the, the movie definitely has things to say, though, and is 
really well done. I, I, I think that a lot of that goes down to Christian Bale. Yeah, I yeah. Um, and it's all, very funny as well in parts of the movie. I, can't, I think I even watched it when I was drunk. <laughs> Their discussions of their business cards is excellent. I think that really comes... Maybe my imagination's um, not good enough to make the book good. It's, it's being made into a musical, isn't it? American Psycho. You're joking. No, I read that somewhere. Who's going to p- play the main part? Darren Day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Chris, uh, Christopher Biggins, isn't it? Well, yeah, Definitely. Oh, Christopher Biggins. <laughs> I want to share. When we were Biggins. doing, when I was in a sketch show called We Are Claim, we did this thing called a terrible program. It's probably really boring for listeners. Called The Wall, right? And, we, and he was a guest on it. And there wasn't any. And there was some girls getting changed, and we were changed in the same area as Christopher Biggins. <laughs> and Greg, who's one of my um, people, Greg, who was in the sketch show with me, told Christopher Biggins I fancied him <laughs> <laughs> without telling me. And it was being really burpy towards me and kept on winking. I thought, what's going on, Biggie? Hang on, hang on. Kept on winking. You wink once. Winking 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 is diminishing returns. But making slightly loose suggestions while I was having grandma. And I was dressed. We were doing a scene when I was dressed as Tiny Tim as well. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Biggins' dream come true. Biggins in uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, of course. Yeah. Um, wow. Here's another uh, tweet that uh, Kerry Nichols has uh, tweeted in regarding films that are better than uh, the book. Do Android's dream of electric sheep is good, but Blade Runner is great. Have you read that, Do Android's dream? I've you know, I it. feel so guilty that I haven't because the, I must have seen 50, 60 films based on that. Uh, book of short mm. stories um, I really need to get around to it but no I haven't but I mean yeah Blade Runner it, there's so much more in there than in a short story surely yeah but uh, I mean you know I've not read The Running Man but the film was a The Running Man is nothing like the film really it's it's um, an early um, Stephen King when he was still writing under Richard Bachman mm. and this, it's it's a great premise and would make a good film I like the film of The Running Man but it's basically nothing to do with it the idea is that it's a reality TV show, but out in the real world. So they're not in an arena and they're not fighting guys, you know, Dynamo and all of this stuff. Um, they basically, you have to survive for like 30 days or something and uh, to win the big cash prize. But any member of the public who uh, cites you and reports it into the show and rings in can get a prize as well. So the world is against you. But the, the great conspiracy is that whilst you are out on the run, running for your life and are completely powerless, they run a media campaign against you um, so that everyone thinks you're actually a murderer and a paedophile and all of these things, so that even if you won, your life would be over. So no, you I mean. could never show yourself in order to take the money anyway. So it's a ri- And so he, he works this out as he goes through and then has no choice but to take down the corporation. Um like it's a, it's a it's a good book. It's nothing like the Schwarzenegger film. He's great, um, <clears throat> Stephen King. There's a couple of other um, uh, fake messages on our Facebook wall as well. Facebook wall from Stuart Baxter. Stuart Baxter, who talks like this. No, I think he's, I think he's from Wales. <laughs> I do Wales all the time. I've got a very limited number of Welsh accents. Okay, he's got a lisp though. <laughs> Welsh with a lisp. <laughs> Doubt if you read this out on air, but worth a shot. I'm from South Wales, boy, but not with a strong Welsh accent. Before you guys and girls warn about things that take you out of the movies, well, whenever I watch 30 Days of Night, <laughs> regularly, I get really creeped out, as it has got a great build-up. Then when the anarchy starts in Barrow, it's amazing. Then the head vampire shows up, and Danny Houston looks like Neil Tennant of Pet Shop Boys. Every appearance he makes gets bomb, 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 bad, up, pa. Start of Western Girls in my head. How's Western Girls go? Boom, boom, boom. Like that. Western Girls. Are there any actors that take you guys out of a movie? Uh, well... Any actors that take us out of a movie? I've mentioned it before. I will mention it briefly again. Um, Hugo Weaving in V for Vendetta 
wears a mask for the entire film sounds exactly like Rowan Atkinson at the end of Hot Shots Part Deux. So for the whole movie, all I could see was Rowan Atkinson doing a sort of slightly slapstick performance. Ah, there's... Mine too. I think that's. I really agree with him. Spot on. When I watched uh, Danny Stadium. Houston, really incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my one that takes me out of the film is because uh, if you're one of our listeners, uh, one of our many millions of listeners abroad in India, in uh, Brunei, um, <clears throat> you may not know about uh, an English program called Blue Peter, and they followed uh, one of the presenters was a sort of half-actor bloke called Peter Duncan. Yeah. And he appears in Flash Gordon when he puts his hand into the tree. Oh, Prince of Baron's course thing, it's Peter Duncan. And they had him talking about it on the actual Blue Peter. <laughs> uh, so when he does that and then he gets killed in Flash in Flash Gordon, I always think of Blue him on Blue Peter. Yes. And there's another programme where Andy Peters, who was... Uh, uh, the broom kid, cupboard guy with yes, um, Ed the Duck. A British TV presenter. Um He's got a line in Toy Story 2. Exactly. When they're on the plane, yeah. whenever they're throwing the stuff, he says one line, and I always think of Andy Peters being quite smug. When they're, I can't remember what one it is. It's towards the end when they're on, on a plane somewhere, isn't it? Or, well, they're, they're being loaded into... They've been put in collector's boxes, and they, they, they're trying to rescue them, and the case gets loaded onto a plane, and the door's slammed, and he goes, oh, put them on the next one, or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always... I remember Andy Peters singing words to uh, the theme tune to Kevin's Cousins that didn't have any words to it. Someone had sent them in and he sang along with the entire theme tune and he's not a good singer. Might be uh, slightly after your time. Yeah, David's a lot younger than me. Thank you. Thank you very much. How many years younger than me? I don't know. I'm 31. Are you? Yeah. Six years. (laughs) What have I done with my life? (laughs) And on that note... On that note... (laughs) Um, well, uh, thank you for your letters. If you'd like to get in touch with us about any of the topics raised or even raise your own, then do email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. We will be back next week with yet more films. So uh, if you've seen anything brilliant, do let us know. We'll catch it and share it with everybody else. But meanwhile, keep watching the films. We'll see you next week. Do one-minute reviews as well. One-minute reviews, please. Bye, everyone. Bye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.